0: The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you, so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Hello, friend, and welcome to The Business of You. Today's special guest is Amy Carter. Amy has a really unique story. She owns a training company called Empowering You, where she works with service based business owners, especially ones in the salon, spa, and medi spa world. But she also owns a salon, which she's had for over 20 years. What's most unusual about Amy is that she's actually not a technician. She never learned how to do hair or facials or anything of that matter that would be the service that the salon offers, but she's actually trained as an accountant which is an excellent background, I think, to growing and scaling a salon or a spa really any type of service-based business because you really have to have your hand and your pulse on the numbers of your business in order to grow it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You with Amy Carter. She shares some great tips for all types of business owners and her journey, as I mentioned, is also really fascinating. So without further ado, please enjoy today's episode.
1: Amy, welcome to the show. How are you today? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, well, it's great to have you. I'm really curious to dive in. I find your industry um, so interesting, the beauty industry, and you certainly have a long history in it. So, would, would love to hear about your journey of how you got to where you are today,
1: because it's unlike any beauty insider I've ever heard of. So. Of course, you know, of course, Rachel, of course, it's gonna be a little windy <laughs> and different for me. So yes. a little about who I am and how I got to where I am today? So I rewind it 20 years ago, I graduated um, an agree, my degree as an accountant from college and During my time in college, I was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna work at a hair salon and I fell in love and I was obsessed with everything it had to offer. And so when I graduated, I was like, I really want to own a small business. But my I was like, I'm not really for sure what I want. So let me just go ahead. I talked to somebody, I took to a business partner and I said, you know, I think I want to buy into your business. And so it's exactly what I did. So at the age of 22, graduated with a degree in accounting, moved over to Indiana, bought a salon and spa. It was a half million dollar business. And Rachel, I thought I was gonna be the richest person I ever met a half million dollars. I'm like, this is amazing. And only to find out that I had actually bought a bankrupt business. And so I was making more money as a cocktail waitress than I was owning my half million dollar company as a salon and spa. And so I had a huge rude awakening that everything I learned in business class was did not compute to having this business. And so my business partner actually skipped out in the middle of the night
0: literally in the middle of the night literally oh my in the middle gosh of
1: the night. yeah we still talk about it this day how paychecks like she cleaned out she cleared out the bank account cleared out the cash drawers and did not pay our employees. Our employees eventually got paid, like little by little, month after month. That's hilarious. Like we still talk about this today, like how they finally got paid. But yeah, like she skipped out. Mill and I left me there, um, and we had to make a tough decision because Simon Property Group said you had 24 hours to get our stuff out of the mall because I wasn't on the lease. And so we did make a decision to reopen and salon and spa, but to do a lot differently. So within five months, construction, everything went down opened up, and it's still open to this day. So 18 years later, we still have that business open. Wow. So so you built a new place, you built out a new place. Yeah, the whole thing. And in the meantime, we gave our employees like, go get a job. Here's your client, list. take some retail, like we don't know how we're going to pay you because she's, you know, took everything, but just take some shampoo, like we don't know what to do right now and we talked about this over the weekend actually we just laughed about it because we could not we did not know what to do i still have some of the same employees from that time from 20 years ago that still work for me so they still remember to this day the, our experiences together and that and so yeah i mean i was like okay but i got to tell you i was like rachel if i'm going to do this type of business again i've got to do it differently and that's when i hired a consulting company because so much just goes out in payroll on its own. Like I understood how that business, when looking at it, I kind of understood how it did go bankrupt because of the high rent. You know, back 20 years ago, we were paying almost $9,000 in rent alone. And as a brick and mortar, that's a lot of shampoo you have to sell just to pay your rent. So I understood how it happened and I knew that I never wanted that to happen to me. And so when we did open, we really looked at a place with low rent, low overhead, knowing that, you know, 50 cents of every dollar goes out into payroll. There's not a lot left over at the end of the month to pay the rest of the bills. And so we did. We we created something different. And then I had a personal mission that I wanted to um, have a debt-free company because I just you know, to me in a small business, when we have debt, it really does tie us in as owners. Like there's not a lot of freedom. So for me, freedom and flexibility look like being completely like debt-free. So at any time, Rachel, if I wanted to pack it up, I can just go run to the seashore and sell seashells. Like I wanted that type of freedom. Like I'm willing to do it again, but I needed to do it a lot differently. And so we put the right systems and stuff in place. So that five months that we were closed, that's all I did. I worked on systems. I got a real job. I got I started working with Procter and Gamble so it paid my bills so I wasn't like starving, you know. So I started working with P&G and in the meantime I was also working on the systems of my business so that when I did reopen, my employees knew exactly what to expect from me and I knew what to expect from them. And it really just changed the game as far as having a beauty business and being a non-technician owner.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you do have that non-technician side too. Um, did you take out loans then to build out that new business and, I and did, get yes.
1: Okay, we did. We uh, so my mom was actually my business partner because obviously at 22 years old I had no money, so I did. I had her, you know, fund the place. You know, we did pay her back within just a few years. Thank goodness. In that moment, it was completely financially free, which is Rachel to me. Like in my 20s, the only thing I knew was how to start up companies. Like I did not. Need what it meant to like save. I just knew that if I can just be debt-free, then I wanted something because I also saw what it's like whenever you're not paying your payroll taxes, when you're back, you know, back, IRS will come and get you. Like I tell all my clients, like whatever you do, if you do not pay your taxes, that will be the thing that can literally shut your doors down because of the amount of interest rates they put on that. And it's so hard to get it all cleaned up. Like pay the IRS before you pay anything because it can really wipe you out. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you just mentioned now, but in our, our pre-convo, you were saying you're a non-technician owner, which is like 1% of the industry. Oh, yeah. Um, do you feel though, looking back, because I'm imagining, you know, to your point, you said you see how your, business, your initial business partner went broke so quickly. Um, but you, with an accounting background, I'm just assuming that with your training, you were able to just kind of look at costs and numbers and, and is that where the systems and processes came around that you created? Like were yeah. they numbers based or what was it? That you yeah. I mean, that I think different?
1: that's where, you know, we kind of, for me, it, it did become about running it like a business, not as a job. So mm-hmm. a lot of times in the beauty industry, really any service-based business, typically the owners are heavy technicians, you know? And so being a heavy technic, being that non-technician, I wasn't like, constantly doing services I actually had free time to be working on this stuff and I do think like obviously the business side of my brain my left brain was like totally like all geeked out about how to make these systems work but you know what the tricky part of it was was how do you take my world of the beauty a business side plus my employees and how to merge those two together because we do not think a lot alike in that way I had to figure out how to sell them on This one time, Rachel, I asked one of my employees just to clock in and clock out because I need to know like to pay her hourly to be. You thought I would ask her for her firstborn child because to them, like they were used to like just coming in free for alls, right? Like, no, just legally, I need to know that you were here so I can pay you. And so it was just like a really challenge me putting in all this structure into place so that they can thrive because they were so resistant to it. And so it was kind of at the, my first five years of being a business owner inside the beauty industry, I struggled big time. Cause I was like, it's like common knowledge that you need to have like a handbook and a clock out, clock in, you know what I mean? Like a lot of common things, like a normal, just simple business structure to them. It was like, what is this? And so I had to learn how to speak their language, not my language, but I had to learn how to merge this into their, what they wanted to. Right.
0: Do you feel that you always had the respect of most of your employees? Not
1: like having been a technician? Okay. Actually, no. So my business partner, when I bought in, they thought I was the front desk person. She forgot to tell them I was her partner. So from the get-go, they just thought I was a glorified front desk person. Little did they know that I had bought into it. So just even the launching of me buying into it was a really rocky start. And I guess she had... um, Told somebody else that they could be her partner so it was just like this whole girl it was just this whole thing and so that person was actually a top technician that she was supposed to be able to buy into and so she was real bad hurt by the whole situation as you know i would be as well and so no i didn't because i don't think it was actually relayed very well to the employees that i'm going to be a partner
0: yeah Well, I know today, not only do you still own that salon, like you mentioned, but you also have a training company, right, Mm -hmm. called Empowering You, where you work with salon and spa owners and many spa owners around the country. How did you get the idea to launch that? And how did you transition from, I mean, not transition from, because you're doing both, but what what was the impetus behind that?
1: So I realized, Rachel, that there are owners just like me that thought that their dream was the most amazing vision dream ever turned straight up nightmare. I knew that there was other people that were just like me, like the math just doesn't work in this industry, you know? And so looking at that, I had figured out how to merge my my brain, like all the systems I knew that this business had to have, I finally figured out some secret ingredients to get my employees to be, really be on board with it. Them knowing ultimately it's for them. Ultimately those systems are for them. So when I was able to figure out some of the secret sauces, so to speak about this industry, I was like, okay, I know there's people who are just like me. And if I can support them in creating a life that they love and a business that they love, and maybe a paycheck that they deserve, then we're onto something. So 14 years ago, I started Empowering You Consulting, and it just came out of a dream of mine. I started it on my couch, um, and it was just something that I realized I have what a lot of owners need, which is the business side, because they are heavy technicians. They just they work through these businesses with their feelings, and feelings come and go, and they have love-hate relationships and all these different things. So um, that's really how Empowering You came about was the knowing that we need the side of this business, but it's not a natural side of most of our owners because they naturally are heavy technicians.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were the early days like for you? I mean, you so you're sitting on your couch, you get this idea, you know, you've got these skills. So how did you start to market yourself and how did you create
1: your infrastructure for this other aspect I had business. no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah, <laughs> Like I just had this weird, you know, this dream that I would become a consultant. I was um, not a public speaker at the time for about four years of my company. I would not even talk, I nothing to do with it. We were going out to major convention centers. We were having our own workshops. I was a back of the room support. I carried the bags. I did everything. I was not a trainer in my own company. I was a consultant. I was like, no, no, no. I'm a consultant. No, no, no. I don't want to speak like no way, Jose. But the things that kind of launched us forward were the fact that we were in some of the major conventions of our industry, like the big dog. So we were in, we we're out in front of a lot of people. So this was back when digital marketing was not a big, that wasn't a big thing, right? I mean, 14 years ago, it wasn't that big yet, you know? And so, We had to do, it was grassroots. Like we were out, out on the road, going to these different conventions, you know, teaching, doing as much as we can that way, doing, you know, little webinars for like PBA, different associations in our industry. Um, But yeah, back, we did not really have, there wasn't Zoom, there wasn't all this available back, you know, 14 years ago. But what I learned through all of that in, you know, for me, like starting on the couch is like, it, it takes so much resilience to be able to not only have like a brick and mortar, but then to learn how to have a remote company, have a remote team, like it was so different for me. I was like used to walking into an office every day and my team was right there. So the brick and mortar, I can see my people And like we talked about, like this was back when there was like free conference HD.com. Like I didn't even see their faces on zoom back when we were building this company up. And so, you know, us gathering, we do like planning meetings and things like that where some, or at the shows were the only time I ever even saw my team. So it was very different. It was a very different time, but at the same time, it's really kind of like, it's always been our winning strategy is being out with the people is how, how you grew. And then. About the age of 35, I was like, okay, I want to have two seven-figure businesses before I'm 40. Like that was my personal goal. Like I paid off my business. I started empowering you. It was ramping up. I was like, I have to do something with empowering you to scale so I can have two companies Under the age of 40 at seven figures was like this thing for me. I don't know why, but it was just a thing. And so I made it happen, but it took a lot of hard work. Very similar, the right systems in place and the right team in place in order to even make that happen. And over the last five years, the digital world has like blown up so much that we can really do so much more now that it's not just all in person. We do can, we can go on a a digital stage, so to speak, like we are doing today. And it really did change the way we can run our businesses. Yeah um, how did you how did you get to that seven figures again Was it that systems and processes? Yeah, it it required growing a a, a team and then growing a better team, a better better team, right? So it's like as a company grew, I realized it required more consultants, more coaches. I was getting a lot of um, certifications as well myself. Like I became a certified coach. I'm certified in different things now. Um, that really makes a big difference too. Whenever you have different, modali- different modalities, different tra- programs you can offer. Um, but ultimately like when I created a high level program, like a high ticket offer, so to speak, that blew up. That was amazing. Best decision ever was whenever we can all create that high ticket item. Mm-hmm. And what was your high ticket offer? Your first it's one? called um, Master's Academy. So it is virtual. We do have two live events built into it and some virtual events with it. But it really is like once people have been in our community for a while, they, they were looking at really what's next. I've done all your programs, Amy. I'm like, okay, well, I've created a program now that they can just stay in forever. It is high ticket, high level, but it's like what's next for them. And so that is something that over the last you know, four to five years we've put in place. And I promise you, if you guys can all think about your high ticket offers, you know, you have to create your funnel, right? You have to have your $99 offer, your $20 offer, whatever, and then keep on going down your funnel. And then this became like the, oh my God, people are really willing to pay a lot of money with a lot, but they gotta get a lot of value out of it. Right. And willing to stick around forever.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. You must also have a knack at really building culture because you turned around your, I guess, like the perception of you in your first, in in your salon, right? And then you've had, sounds like you've built an amazing team and your training company as well. So can you share some tips around that? Yeah, Rachel,
1: I'm only really good at this because I really sucked at it. I'll be honest. Like I didn't get here because it was easy. I didn't take the easy. I actually was an asshole. Like, I couldn't understand why people just wouldn't just do their job. Like, I was like, was so weird. I don't know." Like, clock in, clock out. You know that whole mentality. And so I always say my businesses grew up with me. Like, I grew up, it grew up. Like, as I grew, it grew. I took on a lot of personal development in my twenties, um, and then in my thirties, I really took on a leadership development because that had to happen. My twenties was personal. Thirties was leadership. Now my forties, I don't even know, but. Let me tell you, like it takes a lot of personal development to me. I learned more about myself and personal on the business side, like personally than anything else in my, business, in my life. Because it's so, it's so like right there in your face that pace, there's pace of the team, like no kidding. And so um, it really took me to grow up. It took me to really look at my blind spots and my triggers and everything like that So then I can create a culture. We are our culture. We're the ones that create it. We're the ones that drive it. We're the ones that we are it. And so if we suck, it sucks. And I'll be honest with you, I sucked. I truly, truly did. Like I I grew up so much around it and I wouldn't have even followed me at times. You know, and even to these days, like Friday was having a really bad day. So I didn't even like go into my business. I was like, I don't want to throw up over everybody because that's what's going to happen. Like I'm just like at my wits end about things. So I even am aware of that. And I won't even like really interact with my employees until I can get myself situated. And I just needed some time off because we were just burning both ends of the candlestick, right? So after this weekend, I feel like a completely different human. I need to block out just time to have off if I'm going to work weekends because our beauty industry, we work weekends. Our, right. our conferences are the weekends. So okay. On the weekends, I'm at a conference during the week. I'm doing my clients and doing, you know, hanging out with you and things like that. And so you, I have to really be careful and honor my care. And so that's what I'm noticing now in my forties. It's like, it's more about the balance of like blocking out me. Right. Right. Where even yeah. five years ago, I didn't really need that as much. So yeah, I'd say culture is critical, but I think more importantly, it's our development of us first.
0: Hmm. Did you create a training program of sorts for the consultants that you hired at Empower I did. You? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I have a year-long uh, training program to onboard new consultants. Um it's something that, you know, for me being I never I never start companies in hopes that it's just me. Like I won't I won't start a company with amycarter.com. Like, no, thank you. I don't want that. I always start companies with a vision in mind to have people working with me. And so I've had employees for 20 years. So even with Empowering You, a lot of times people just name their companies their name, you know, and it's not what I wanted. And so, yeah, I had to learn how to onboard a remote company because it is different than a brick and mortar. So, yeah, I did have to put together a whole training program, you know, online courses, in-person courses on how to train a consultant. Okay. It's crazy.
0: yeah, no, it is a ton of work because you're creating the content for
1: your team, but also creating content for your clients as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. Business has changed. Like the way that I run my business today is not the same way I even did a year ago or two years ago. Like business has changed big time. So there's been a lot of changes and upgrades in all of our programs because none of us can run the business the same way we did anymore. So much right. has changed since the pandemic.
0: Well, and I was actually just about to ask you, like, what trends are you seeing either for an in-person service-based business or the online world that you're also working in? Where are you seeing most of the shifts and what are those shifts?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going, a lot of it is kind of, it's like the trends of the world in a way. I feel like we're going back to our roots in a way, mm-hmm. in an interesting way. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Big hair is back, perms are back, like mullets are back. Like there's some stuff that's just back. I think, so I think it's the same thing with business. I think there's some things that we used to do that are really back, honestly. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but, um, and what I mean by that is people want to be around other people. They want community. They're looking for that. As much as we are in a digital world, I do think that people do want community again. I think they crave friendships at a whole new level. Now um, it's been so lonely for years for owners. They're like these little islands and they want community again. Like they just want to hug and know that they're not alone. Um, as far as like employees goes, totally, yeah. I mean, we're it's different. We have to really figure out. I think for the longest time I was trying to sell myself, like, come work for me because we were so desperate out of the pandemic, nobody was coming back to work. And this, like cosmetology schools, they have been shut down. I hired an esthetician that never even touched a face before. They all learned on a virtual platform. And so like for us, we were hiring so desperately. And like a year ago, it was killing my culture because I was hiring people out of like out of what we really wanted. I had to get rid of all those people and start over and start hiring to the quality of a human that I really want working for me. Once I did that, once I said no more, no more people just because we need a warm body Everything changed and including inside my consulting company, even from my, you know, my independent contractors, my vendors, all of that. I started like really deciding it has to be based on our values. Yes. It's huge.
0: Yeah, totally. What would you say are some of your core values for your companies?
1: Oh my gosh. Integrity, communication, teamwork. I mean, those are just a few like to be your best. Um, I think integrity is probably the biggest one for either one. Like I went... If I'm not in in my salon and spa, I'm really there about 5% of the time. And that's by choice, you know. Um, I want as though when nobody is looking, that you're still of integrity. Like if nobody's around, that you're still being a good human in the world, like being of integrity in that business. And the same thing for this, you know, for my consulting company, like we're all remote. So for me, I need to know that my team is like of integrity. Like they are really... Speaking and they're speaking and actions are aligned. That is really important as well. I just have to trust that they're all doing the best that they can. Right, right, right. Do you feel
0: like your BS detector has been honed over these years where you sure. can identify integrity or or do you Within have seconds, you found like a great little litmus test for it?
1: The most like, like listen, the more training I do as a certified coach, like I just did brain-based leadership certification, so now I can, I know. So I won't nerd you so out. So interesting. Tonight, but no, very nerdist, interesting. us. I love it. Yeah, so um but the more training and development that I do, the more within, girl, within seconds, once I can get myself out of, out of the way and I can just be with that person, yeah. then in just a few seconds, I can be like, yes, they're on to something. Even with my own team, I can tell when something's up with them pretty quickly. Because intuitively, if you actually learn to listen to your intuition, it's telling you. But so many times we are taught not to listen to our intuition, to shove it down, to, you know. But intuitively, we actually usually know. Mm, hmm
0: what you mentioned uh when you were talking about you had a goal to start you know to grow your businesses to seven figures by the time you were 40 I felt like you might already have something next planned for yourself (laughs) now that you're in your 40s is there is there a new mountain
1: for you to climb or you know kind of keep growing the ones you're on um that's really okay. So I feel like I'm back in therapy session. No, I'm kidding. You are calling my therapist right now. No. Um it's so funny because you know, as as I ask other people to do this work, I have a coach, I have a consultant, and I have a therapist. So I'm like <laughs> packed with people around me, keeping me like on the straight and narrow. Right. But also like looking at what's next and what's possible. And um, so I wrote a book hmm. in 2000. yeah, right when the pandemic hit. Here it is. So I wrote a book, Boldly, uh, boldly Brilliant, boldly, boldly brilliant. Nice. it's on Amazon, and it is how to break through to a seven-figure income, and nice. so I wrote this book, and then I got breast cancer,
0: oh, yeah, that's a lot, a lot to handle, especially in the pandemic, that was a tough time to be sick um, with the way hospitals were treating patients, too, oh, it was so, so
1: difficult, but it changed mm. me, hmm mm-hmm. you know, so you drive to all this success, and drive to it, and then you face your own mortality, mm-hmm, then yeah. wow something changes right and so um what's next I don't know I'm I am probably going to launch this book <laughs> <what> I <I'm> supposed <laughs> to be doing <laughs> how about launch the book that I wrote sorry it got me because I haven't I don't really share that too often um or I'm like really working through it because it was a big deal you know whenever you answer and I was young to get breast cancer so you know it was my very first mammogram so I think for me it's like You learn like you only want the really good stuff around you. You know what I mean? Like you just, for me, it's like probably my forties and like what's next for me is really creating like the next level amazingness for me, what that looks like. And both my companies are amazing. So we're good there, but it's just like, how can I insert more fun, more experiences, more joy and passion in all of this? You know, while driving these two companies the way that I am. But yeah, I'll probably have to launch my book. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're all. Well,
0: doing. <laughs> the good thing is some of the hard, hard work is already done, right? It's like you've done. got it written. So it's just a matter of marketing it and relaunching it and getting yeah. it out there. Yeah, yeah girl.
1: but you know, I wrote it, it was almost like a therapy, a therapeutic thing for you. Like if everybody, if anybody's everybody tells you to write a book, okay, yes. it's like your best calling card, whatever, to me, it was <laughs> like, I put it all out there. And then I was fully complete. Like there was a place of being fully complete. I felt so good about it. It's almost like this therapeutic process I went through. And I was like, I'm good. Like that was it. That's what I needed. I don't feel like, you know. But at the same time, the information in there, I, it would be so amazing for people to read it and to really apply it because if all you had was $17 to grow your business, read this book, put it into place, you're going to be on the right path. And there were times whenever, I don't know if I even had $17 when I first started, you know, and so it is, you know, people are always looking for information about how to grow themselves and how to grow their business. And it is all in that book, but yeah that would probably be the thing. Um, So yeah, I'm looking forward to what is next. But sometimes I can also sit into where I'm at right now. And like, Mm -hmm. really just be with that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, what is better than just being content with, with where you are at the young age of, you know, your 40s, right? You've got a lot of life ahead of you to, to enjoy life, which is amazing. Yeah,
1: so it's been good. It's been good.
0: Good, uh, with boldly brilliant, would you say your audience is any business
1: owner seeking to grow their their business? Yeah, it would definitely be any service based business. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real. It's raw. I mean, whenever we were editing, I'm like, I don't think I can cuss that much in a book. So we're gonna have to eliminate some of it. Like, did I really say that many They're Like, yeah, you really did. I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) but it's real. It's a real book. Like I, my goal was to tell the truth. I don't think people are telling the truth on their paths and how they got there. The hardships, the, like I told the truth, you know what I mean? Like it's not all rainbows and butterflies. The path, the path is a lot. But yes. with the right community, the right coach, the right, I think, therapist many times over. I mm-hmm. think with the right people in your, you know, that have your back, I think anything, anything is possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I totally agree. What a great message. Also, right? I, I always tell my kids, anything you put your mind to, you can do, you know? yeah.
1: Literally. So, but yeah, they'll, I mean, there's, I feel like. There's been so many things that if people wanted to give up a thousand times, they're right. I feel like if you don't want to quit, you're not doing something right. I feel like they are I don't know about you, Rachel, but I've wanted to throw in the towel a million times over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had days, maybe longer than days where I felt like that. I've had my business about 15 years. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes you think like, ooh, you could have so much more time to be doing something else. And it's like. I know you don't have children, but it really is like raising a child. Yeah. Um, I feel growing a business, you have to feed it, it constantly needs you um, at different times for in different ways. And every stage of your business requires different skills from you to keep
1: nurturing it, right? Absolutely. You're so right. I feel like People always ask about children. I said, I don't, but I have 20 of them over there. <laughs> <That's a laughs> yeah, yeah my team too. Right, <laughs> right, right. Lordy, I have like 20. We're good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. I mean, when you grow, I, you have employees for 20 years, right? Which says a ton about you as, um, as an employer And I think you really have to treat your family, your team like a family um, for them to stick around that long.
1: It's true. It's I mean, you really have to honor them and respect them. And for me, the ones that have been around that long are the ones I created a true career path for. Like there was always what was next for them based on dreams and their desires versus what I wanted sometimes. And so it it does work that way. You know what I mean? Like we have to spend time with our employees about what's important to them what are their dreams or their aspirations and how can we play a part of that hmm.
0: in your training programs or especially in your masters academy is um is that part of it what you just shared like this building a culture
1: really fostering a yeah. team for the long term mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's at the beginning of every program we offer is about culture okay. we actually do not you can't even move forward without having a defined culture and to our industry, it's like, it's like poking a fork in their eyeballs. Like they just, it's so painful for them to even think about that. This is something they have to do vision, mission, values. Like it is so foreign that nobody gets it. Like, cause we use the word culture and leadership and all these big words, but nobody's really defining what the hell does that mean? Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, can we just start here? Foundation, vision, mission, yes. values. like, yeah. then everything falls after that. So like in our B school for industry, half a day we spend on just defining their culture. And then we go into recruitment in the last part of the day. But without a defined culture, how can you recruit your next employee? Because it's just constant chaos. You against them kind of a feeling because you're wanting it to go one way. They're thinking you're wanting it something different. But if we can stop as owners and actually define our culture, so much can pivot off of that.
0: Mm -hmm. I totally agree. It's really the foundation of any brand.
1: Yeah. You also mentioned when we were
0: talking before that empowering you isn't just for salon and spa owners, but really anybody in a service-based business that is is growing and scaling. Um, so, where, what I if you can identify like two or three things that are applicable that you're teaching to any service-based industry.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it first starts with us as owners to take a pause and plan. Mm -hmm. I feel like we get so in the day-to-day that we just get in that grind that we don't even know what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. And so for us, like every year in both my companies, we have planning meetings. Um, And I I create a course for my community called Elite Beauty Boss, where it's in January where people pause what they're doing, they come and work with us for two days to plan out their year. Cause I don't feel like we plan enough. I feel like we literally just live by default. So I think the first um, thing I would invite anybody to do is if you don't have a plan, pause and just create a 30 day plan. I don't even care, like just do something like, why are you doing and where are you headed with these companies? Cause to me, that makes a huge difference. When I said I went to seven figure businesses, that was my vision. I made it happen. Was it easy? Hell no. Did I want to give up? Yes. Right. But I, it gave me something to, it's like looking at our circumstances versus our commitment. My commitment was greater than my circumstances. So I was more committed to growing these companies than really what I was up against. So the first one would be plan for sure. The other thing would be like really planning your, would be the time honoring our times as our time as CEO. I think that we don't do enough working on our business versus in it. So having honoring your office time, allowing people to like no distractions, but our time off as well. Like we can get in burnout and overwhelmed super super easy. And I was there Friday, like totally honest, right? So here we are, on a, you know, on a Tuesday, and I'm feeling so much better because I took the time off. I did not check, you know, I didn't look at my emails, I didn't look at anything, like total digital free. Needed it needed to happen. So I think that's the second t- thing. So obviously, plan your company. Plan your time off, I think is really important. And then plan your money. Understand all your money in and all your money out and be willing to take a look at that. Your bank account is not the pulse of your company. So just to understand all money in and all money out, then that can change all of our lives if we really don't understand it and why we're doing like why we spend money on what we do you know, I just had a client, like I said, she had a, she had a huge walkout. I'm like, okay, we pull up the finances. and like, this is now your new reality. This is all your money in, this is all your money out. What are we going to do about it? Like, then you can create a plan from that. But if you know those numbers, there's so much power right. behind it.
0: Yeah. So true. So true. That's brilliant advice, Sammy. Thank you.
1: Thank you. We're,
0: Where's the best place for people to learn more about you? Learn about empowering you and register for your next yeah, program for sure. potentially.
1: Just empoweringouconsulting.com. Um, jump on my website, jump on, grab a free strategy session myself or one of my coaches. We'll do a 30-minute complimentary strategy session to kind of see what path we would take you down. I have a lot of programs but there are specific customized paths that we take each one of our clients. Oh, that's awesome. I love the customization component. That's great. Yeah, we're all, we're all same, same, but very different. You know, yeah. we're all on different paths about where we're going. So we definitely customize the roadmap for our clients. That's great.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was such an honor.
0: I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two interested in building your brand and business. Tune in next time to the business of you podcast. And remember, there's only one you you're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.